And a coach has the job to put the right players in the right positions. For example, you would not want to have a great quarterback playing defensive line. You would not want to have a skinny field goal kicker playing left tackle. And you certainly wouldn't want to see a 350-pound lineman running pass patterns. Although all these players are extremely skilled in their own position, they're much less effective if they're playing in other positions. But every position requires individuals who are skilled in that position in order to maximize the overall performance of the team. And the right players need to be in the right positions. And having the right people in the right positions, performing their designated tasks, and working together is important whether we're talking about sports, business, or the church. So the ideas I want you to think about and have in your mind as we open this series is individuals with unique abilities working together. And with that, we're going to kick off a new series uh, for the next nine weeks, and it's about spiritual gifts. And today, my purpose is to provide an overview of this topic. But again, closely related to this topic is the idea of putting the right people in the right places and everybody working together. Spiritual gifts, what, are, what am I talking about? Real briefly, and I'll give you a better definition later, is just it's an ability, special ability that is given by God to every believer. It's an ability. So what, to get the most out of this series, um, this is your first filling in your blank, um, you're going to need to identify your spiritual gifts. You're going to have to let God use you. And also, you're going to need to be involved in the lives of others. So hopefully through this series, you'll be able to identify your spiritual gift, have a mindset of letting God use you, and also, very important, is being involved in the lives of others. Now, before I go any deeper, let me clarify a few things, and basically what the spiritual gifts are not. And... The spiritual gifts or gifts of the Spirit is not the gift of the Holy Spirit. It, they're two different things. And you may be thinking of what Peter said in Acts chapter 2 where he says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, he's not talking about spiritual gifts. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. Because each one of us, when we place our faith and trust in Christ, we are given the Holy Spirit. So I guess you can say the Holy Spirit is a gift, but we're not talking about that when we're talking about spiritual gifts. And the verse from Ephesians reminds us, it says, you also, after listening to the message of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. So the gift of the Holy Spirit is different than the gifts of the Spirit. Now, another point of confusion is you may have said, well, Dave, didn't we do a series a while back on the fruit of the Spirit? Is that the same as the gift of the Spirit? Well, no, uh, Galatians 5, I think uh, Luke covered this in his message a few weeks ago, is, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. These are character qualities. These are not abilities. These are character qualities that the Holy Spirit builds in our lives over time, help us to become more and more like Jesus. So the gifts of the Spirit, or excuse me, the fruits of the Spirit are different than the gifts of the Spirit. So, the next blank you should have is a definition of spiritual gifts. I apologize, it's a little long-winded, but a spiritual gift 
is a supernatural ability or a natural talent given by God to every believer for the purpose of serving others under the direction of the Holy Spirit. So again, let me read that slow while you fill in the blanks. A spiritual gift is a supernatural ability or a natural talent given by God to every believer for the purpose of serving others under the direction of the Holy Spirit. All right, so you're probably thinking, okay, Dave, where, where, where do these spiritual gifts come from? What are you talking about? Well, believe it or not, they're in the Bible. And there's four primary lists in the Bible. And let me just give you a real brief background of them. The first one that shows up, hopefully, is First Corinthians chapter 12. And I would encourage you for this whole series to camp out in First Corinthians 12. Read this chapter, you know, a couple times a week. Let it wash over you. Let it get in your heart and mind. But in this particular chapter, uh, Paul uses an illustration of the human body with its different parts all working together for a common good. And every part of the body has a different function. And Paul may have actually borrowed this from the Roman rulers and aristocrats because the Roman leaders were trying to keep control over the people and they were afraid that there was a rebellion that was going to arise up. And so what they did was they were using this illustration of the body. They said, you know, there's the hands and the feet and the legs and the arms that do all the work, and then there's the head. You know, we do the thinking and the, and the vision and whatnot. So as long as everybody does what they're supposed to, let us leaders think for you guys and everything will be fine. So they were trying to actually suppress the, the people and keep them under control. But when Paul uses this illustration, what he's doing is he's, he's leveling the playing field, uh, so to speak, because in every religion you've got the priest and you've got your lay people. And what when Paul's talking about everybody has a gift, everybody has an ability, and they're all important, is that he's leveling the playing field so that there's really no specialty among people. It's, it's everybody's on the same level. Because all the gifts, they're different, but they're all useful. And every Christian has a gift, and they're all important. Every Christian is important. Everybody has a contribution to make. So that's the background of 1 Corinthians. The other, another list is, shows up in Romans chapter 12. And if you remember that chapter, that opens up with the classic passage that says, you know, present yourselves as a living sacrifice. And then Paul goes on to talk about the gifts. And so what Paul's talking about is that God gives us these gifts, and as an act of service, as an act of sacrifice to, to God, we use those gifts to serve others. Another place where the gifts are listed is Ephesians chapter 4. And in that particular context, Paul's talking about unification or unity within the body and having a bond of peace. And the idea is that you have different people with different abilities working together uh, for a common good um, to keep everybody together. And the final list is in uh, 1 Peter chapter 4. And the, basically the book of 1 Peter is dealing with, uh, Peter is warning the people about, hey, there's persecution breaking out, there's going to be more persecution coming, we need each other, we need to support each other so we can get through all this. So that's kind of the background. But I just wanted to mention the, that background to you because the, the early church, you have to remember, they did not have the entirety of the Bible that we have today. They were at a disadvantage, nor did they have big denominations, big church organizations where there was some structure, there was some formality, there was a way of, of getting some help. They needed to rely on each other 
and he needed to rely on the Holy Spirit working through each and every one of them. It was a very unique time in history, and I think we have a lot that we could learn from what they did. So, what are the spiritual gifts? What I'm going to do is uh, just step aside. I apologize for the boring list, but uh, on the left, two columns, those are the ones that are listed in Corinthians, and on the right are the ones in the Romans. And I'll just give you a one-sentence description of each one, and then uh, as we go through the series, you'll get a better explanation. Uh, apostles or apostleship, those are people who trailblaze and open up new ministries, depending on where they're at. Uh, prophets, they're not like the Old Testament prophets that spoke for God. These are prophets who speak about God or, or focus on speaking the truth. There's teachers, those who can uh, communicate um, doctrinal issues, biblical issues clearly. Uh, miracles and healings are kind of close. Miracles may be people had an ability to pray and raise people from the dead, for example, or healing. People have been healed by the laying on of hands and prayer. There's another gift of tongues, very supernatural. People, that's when people can speak in a language that they don't know. And coupled with that is the gift of interpretation. Someone needs to interpret that gift and, or that, uh, that communication, that language, so that others can understand it. Uh, knowledge and wisdom, kind of closely related. These are people that have special insight in, into truths and knowledge, and they have the ability to apply it in a prudent manner. Faith, there are people out there who have the ability to trust God during circumstances that seem hopeless or impossible, and they encourage others to trust God. The gift of helps or service, these are people that roll up their sleeves and help out, whether it's like the children's ministry or helping out with the overheads or sound system. Administration, these folks help coordinate, communicate, and keep the group together. Uh, when you've got a lot of parts moving, you need somebody to kind of keep it all together. Discernment, these are people that can discern right from wrong, truth from evil, or truth from falsehood, good from evil, demonic from the spiritual. So those are what's listed in Corinthians. Also, in Romans, you see there's a little bit of overlap. There's prophecy. I mentioned service or helps, teaching. And here's a new one, exhortation. These are people that can encourage other people to do the right thing or, or continue on in it, uh, when things are difficult. Giving. These are people that are very generous. They give of their time, talent, and treasures to help meet various needs. Leading or leadership. Again, you get a group of people, you need somebody to keep them on track and moving in the right direction. Showing mercies, these are people, these are special people that can come alongside someone who's suffering and provide comfort and encouragement. Ephesians, uh, they're on the left, the Peter gifts are on the right. Um, not as many, but again, we talked about uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists. This is a new one, uh, and the gifts of that we're talking about. And these are people that have a passion for and a special ability to communicate the gospel to others. Pastors or shepherds, these are people that can care for a group. That's why, you know, Pastor Tim, Pastor Ben, they care for a group of people. Uh, we talked about teachers. Speaking, these are people that can communicate very well. And usually this gift is coupled with teaching or prophecy or whatnot, but the ability to speak clearly, and of course then they're serving. Now, there's other gifts you're probably wondering, well, Dave, you didn't mention the most common ones. Um, there's the spiritual gift of criticism. 
These are special people that can point out anything that's wrong because they don't want anybody else to make another mistake. And then we have the gift of the clicker. Sarcasm. These are people that throw doubts and questions because they don't want us to move too fast. They want us to be careful and not make too many mistakes. And then the final gift, and a very common gift, is spectatorism. And these are people that sit back and make sure that other people have the opportunity to serve. <laughs> As you can tell, I'm practicing my gift of humor. And these are all found in Hezekiah chapter 6, verse 66. Very good. Very good. I'm just being a little facetious, but uh, I thought at this point in the message you need a little bit of humor. These are not spiritual gifts, but they are commonly practiced in churches uh, to the hurt of the church. Now, there's other gifts that, depending on how you define a gift, uh, they may be listed in the Bible, but they're not in the category where the four passages that I mentioned. And some of these are... Um, Craftsmanship. There was a gentleman in Exodus chapter 31 who was, had a gift from the Holy Spirit, or uh, the Holy Spirit was upon him. And he was able to work with metal and wood, and he was very instrumental in the construction of the tabernacle for the Israelites when they came out of Egypt. Another gift, this is one we all want, right? Is the gift of celibacy. <laughs> and Paul is, uh, the context for this is 1 Corinthians chapter 7, where Paul's talking about whether single people or married people, um, who has the, the better option or opportunity to serve God? And if you're single, uh, and if you have the gift of celibacy, then you're free to serve uh, God much easier than someone who's married. Another gift is hospitality. These are people that make outsiders or strangers feel warm and welcome into the group because it's not always easy coming into a church where you don't know anybody, so we need people with hospitality. Well, here's one everybody wants to sign up for, martyrdom. Um, and this comes, and the next gift comes from uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, which is a love chapter. And uh, what they're referring to is when uh, Paul says, you know, if I give my body to be burned or give my body to be sacrificed. And there may be certain points in time in history where people have been called to lay down their life. And for example, the first church martyr was Stephen. Now, an interesting little fact about that event when Stephen was martyred was there was a gentleman named Paul who at that point in time was not a follower of Christ but obviously became the great apostle that he was. So we'll never know until we get to heaven the impact that Stephen's death had on Paul. So there may be times in history where people were called to willingly lay down their lives. Uh, another gift from... Uh, uh, the love chapter is voluntary poverty. And these are people where Paul says, uh, if I give away uh, all my possessions to feed the poor. Uh, if you recall, Jesus challenged a young rich man. You know, what, what could I do to, to follow you? He said, sell all that you have, give to the poor, and follow me. Uh, you may, there may be people, and there have been people throughout history who have given it all away, and they have followed Christ. Gift of being a missionary. Uh, what they had in mind in here is this is the ability to go into a different culture and be able to adapt and thrive and, and to, to share the gospel. And Ephesians chapter 3 talks about Paul. I mean, we know Paul's ministry. He was a Jew, but he was called to minister to Gentiles. So it was a very different culture for him, and he obviously did very well at that. 
And then the final gift, uh, and again, there may be others, but uh, uh, the gift of intercession or intercessory prayer. And uh, one biblical character that comes to mind is when Mary and Joseph brought Jesus to the temple to be dedicated. There was a prophetess, Anna, who for many, many years prayed day and night in the temple. So these are just some of the gifts. Uh, there may be others. Um, in the lists that I showed you earlier, they're different. Uh, there was some overlap, there was some difference, and there's some points to take away from that, and that is that uh, God gives gifts to different churches to address unique needs. For example, the Corinth church had different needs than the church at Rome, than the church at Ephesus. And also because there was unique gifts in each one, there may be other gifts uh, that may not even be mentioned in the Bible where God is supplying somebody with a special ability to address a very unique situation to help uh, the body of believers in that, in that um, church. All right, so what does all this mean uh, to us as believers? Well, see if you can catch my subtle hints in these next slides. Um, as each one has received a special gift. Okay, notice each one is bolded. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 6 says, Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. And then in Ephesians it says, But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of the gift of Christ. And in case you didn't catch the hint, the spiritual gifts are available to everyone. We all have at least one spiritual gift. And that's another fill-in on your blank. We all have at least one spiritual gift. It may not be obvious, but we all have one. And if you disagree with me, then basically you're disagreeing with the Bible because that's what it teaches. Okay? All right, so what's the purpose of the spiritual gifts? Well, Peter tells us, employ it in serving one another as good stewards. And real simple, another feeling, we are to serve one another. We are to serve one another. So what happens when we serve one another? What does that look like, and what form does that take on? And again, I'm going back to the, to the passages where the gifts are listed, and, and it's for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ, which is until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. So that's a lot of verbiage there, but let me boil it down for you. Is serving one another is going to result in building the body, building the church. And what that means is we'll be unique. There'll be unity among believers. We'll be knowing Jesus better. We'll have maturity or depth of character. And we're going to be fully alive in Christ. So again, serving the body is going to result in unity among believers because when somebody's helping you and working with you, it's hard to be distant from them. It's hard to be disjointed. A lot of the spiritual gifts talk about ministering God's word. And if we're handling God's word, we're going to know, if we're handling God's word properly, we're going to be knowing Jesus better. Maturity, depth of character. As we allow God's word to work in our hearts and minds, the Spirit's going to work within us, and we're going to become more and more like Christ, so our, our, our character is going to mature. 
And being fully alive in Christ, basically what that means is that we will come to a point gradually where everything in our life is focused on Jesus, not just on Sunday morning, but in the workplace, in our marriages, in our families, how we handle our, our time and our money. Everything is going to be focused on Jesus. So that's what serving others is going to result in. And the ultimate purpose of the spiritual gifts, and again, this is from 1 Peter, again, one of the lists in the Bible of spiritual gifts is, so that in all things God may be glorified through Christ Jesus, that God would be glorified. You see, the spiritual gifts are not about us. Everything should point back to God, and he should get all the credit. And let me just emphasize that by giving you a little Greek lesson here. Because whenever you see the word gift in relation to spiritual gifts, the, it, it's the Greek word charismata, and it literally means gifts of grace. And whenever we see the word grace, we should be aware that that is something that it's when God gives us something that we don't deserve, we can't earn, we don't merit it. It stems solely from his goodness and his generosity towards us. And we need to remember that everything that we have comes ultimately from God. So how do we use our spiritual gifts? Again, Romans 12, it says, For through the grace given to me, I say to you, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think. And another fill-in in your blank in your bulletin is that we're to exercise humility in our ministries. We're to exercise humility in our ministries. Some important points I just want to sum up briefly is all the gifts are important because they're all needed for the church to grow and to thrive. And because every Christian has a gift, all Christians are important because of the role they play in the church. Now, you may think back over the list and you may think about your church experiences and there's some people that, that they may get discouraged because the gift or ability that they exercise is not very visible. But it's still very important. It's just like the human body. We have hands and arms and feet and you know, eyes and ears and some of us are prettier than others. But what you don't see is the heart, the liver, the brain. And the parts that you can't see keep the body alive. Without them, the body dies. So no matter how pretty you look, no matter how good your eyes are or ears are, if your heart fails, it doesn't work. And like, for example, our, our body today, I mean, invisible parts like the serving. I mean, how many of you think of Ray and Christina in the back uh, running the, the AV? You know, we have the children's ministry that are teaching the children, and then it'll all give you parents a break to come here and listen. So don't think that because your gift is not visible that it's not important. All gifts are important. So for the next eight weeks, we're going to be talking about, I believe it's 18 of the spiritual gifts. And then you're going to say, well, so what? Then what? On Sunday, October 21st, we are going to, after our fellowship luncheon, uh, we're going to take a what's called a spiritual gift inventory test. And that will help you identify your spiritual gift or gifts. 
So we're going to have lunch, come back in here, and this test is it's a series of small questions like, do you like to do this versus that, or are you good at this versus that? And it's a way of helping you think through what you do, what you like to do, and what you're good at. And afterwards, uh, we're going to have a discussion about the results and then talk about how we can use those gifts uh, here at CVC to make our church stronger and more healthier. So I hope that you can uh, set aside time on that Sunday uh, to be here. All right. In closing, yes, the Eagles won the Super Bowl because they were a group of individuals with unique skills and abilities that came together to achieve a common purpose. Now, Christianity is not a spectator sport. We each have a role to play and a contribution to make. And to borrow a quote from uh, the Brenda used a few weeks ago from Tim Keller, you know, please keep this in mind. If we are made in God's image and he is three persons, then at our fundamental core, we are made for community. All right. We're to be involved in each other's lives in order to advance the kingdom of God. We need to be involved with each other's lives. Um, so the final fill-in on your bulletin is we need to be in close contact with other believers in order to use our gifts to benefit one another. We need to be in close contact with other believers in order to use our gifts to benefit one another. Now, Christianity is more than just gathering on Sunday. It's really getting involved in people's lives. And, you know, I, I can't emphasize this enough. It's just we've got this American Lone Ranger mentality where we try to do things by ourselves, and that's not what God intended. It's not going to be very effective. We really do need each other. And I appreciate each one of you because uh, what I try to do whenever I meet another person is I try to learn something from them. I'm actually taking something from you. I'm, I'm trying to see how you handle a situation, an attitude that you have, how you deal with a certain situation. Because I take great encouragement from that, and I realize that I don't know everything, and I can learn from you. But the only way I can learn from you is if I spend time with you and, and in contact with you. So I would really encourage you in some way, shape, or form um, maybe you don't feel it, but you do have something to contribute. I'm not trying to sound like Mr. Rogers, you know, where he says, you're special. <laughs> you are special. You really are. You have something, and we have a unique group of people here that God has put together because God is the orchestrator of all of us. He's brought us all together. You think everybody in this room came from a different place on this planet, and we're here by sovereign design. Think about that. Because each one of us, God knows us, he made us, and he's gifted us. And he wants us to come together and utilize what he's given us for our own benefit and also for his glory. So with that, let me close in prayer. Dearly Father, I come before you. I thank you.